Vice Central. Unbiased analysis. LOI Central and we're uh, knee deep really in European combat we're going to reflect on Bohemian's victory over Stjarnan, Sligo Rovers defeat to F. Howe and Dundalk's victory in England rather than Wales they beat Newtown, we're going to look ahead to Bose, uh, Dudelange, Dundalk, Levadia Talon uh, in Tala and as well as Shamrock Rovers tie in the third qualifying round later on as well um, and we are as ever in association with futureticketing.ie there was obviously domestic action last weekend, an unbelievable comeback from Shamrock Rovers at the Brandywell, further drama at the bottom of the table, Finn Harp struggles continue and uh, in the first division looks like pretty much Shelburne are coasting their way to the title after another victory there where they came from behind at, at Lone Town. We have uh, the FAI Cup to come as well this weekend and to talk about all the above, we've Gary Rogers on uh, to talk about his, his former clubs, how they might get on in Europe, Dundalk and so on. Uh, and also the young starlets coming through. It was another very, very interesting weekend in terms of young kids coming through and an unbelievable goal from a 16-year-old at Daily Mount Park. Congratulations as well to Kevin Mullen, who is our uh, four-star pizza victory, uh, win- four-star pizza winner last week. And uh, we'll give away four-star pizza later on the show. Dan, let's start with you. It is bacon hot and you're playing Astro later. It's not going to be good. No, it's going to be low tempo, uh, low tempo affair. <laughs> Do you know what, Johnny? Like, well, you know this, our lads will know, it's like Astro could be five aside or six aside and we're absolutely begging for like six aside today. And we've only got five aside at the moment. And it's like, Oh dear, this is going to be, I don't know, fly keepers or just, you know. What are you at later, Gary? <laughs> I'm not playing five aside. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to be the odd man out five against six. Oh yeah, five, yeah, that's it. Like if, if, you, if someone turns up now, honestly, like there's a five v six is the other thing. But and listen, it's, it's, it's so Irish. Like we, we, we complain about the weather most of the time and now we've got a warm weather and we're secretly dreading it, you know. I played a few games last week and um, not good for the dehydration. But yeah, like we, we are in a, in a busy time. Uh, Johnny, like I, I sort of, I, I didn't really get the short straw last week by going to, to Sligo. I, I kind of wanted to go to the, the Sligo F game, um, and I was really confident that 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 they could they could turn it around. And um, while last week was probably good news, you know, a good news story for the league overall, in that well, obviously the dog were always going to get through, and we'll talk about Bowes in a minute, which looked like an amazing night. Um, and Shamrock Rovers, to be fair. They, we, we spoke about it on last week's show, so we don't need to go there again, but they, they, they performed really well against Slovan Bratislava. Uh, it was really disappointing in, in Sligo on Thursday because you're looking at a game, a tie that they should have won. Um, and I know that the, the, the aggregate score might, may not suggest that, um, but F. Howe aren't the side they were. I mean, Stephen Lennon, actually, who scored, would have played against Gary in, in 2016 when F. Howe and, and the dog played at the start of that famous run. And, you know, they were a decent side then, you know, and that was obviously a, a close tie. But they're having a bad season. And really, if Sligo Rovers had played this tie smarter over the two legs, they would have gone through. Also bad luck that they were without McGinty, although Luke McNicholas didn't do really much wrong at all. Mm. But without McGinty, Mahan, Bulger for the second leg, but that's unfortunately self-inflicted. And then Johnny Kenny was only able to play um, half an hour of the second leg because of COVID. So... It wasn't the full Sligo Rovers service, but even with that, they, they had chance. They completely dominated the first half last week and uh, conceded from a set piece before half time. and conceded from the first attack of the second half and it was game over. It was surreal. They were completely sucker punched and maybe it just does show it's, it's that group's first time in Europe together and they'll, they'll maybe learn from it in some way. But it was disappointing because I think 
think all the conference league sides were more than capable of, of going through. But as we've seen now, we'll, we'll talk now about this week's games. Um, the conference league is, is like it offers great opportunities for clubs. But when you get to the third round draw, and we've had the third round draw earlier this week, like you're still in with really good sides, similar to Europa League standard sides. So sides going through the league route, like Bose and Dundalk and Sligo Rovers are, there's opportunities, but then you're always going to meet something really difficult. Uh, whereas as with Shamrock Rovers, the draw they face now through Champions route, uh, potentially the Champions of Albania or the Champions of Andorra, the team that, that Dundalk played last year. And the Albanian side lost 5-0 to Sheriff over two legs. I think mm. Sher- Sheriff won again last night. I mean, they were a good, they were a tough draw, by the way. Like Dundalk's easy draw last year. It was two easy draws and, and Sheriff weren't weren't that. But um Shamrock Rovers would would fancy themselves um to make progress. But obviously for our league clubs, it's just about taking it as far as you can. I think it's just disappointing for Stiger Rovers that they didn't get they didn't get past round one because they would have been playing Rosenberg this week, which would have been yeah. great great tie for them. But you were you were you were at Bowes. I mean it seemed like a happier um Happier occasion by all accounts. Yeah, so uh, we, we get Gary in um, as well. It's interesting. I was thinking of, uh, I remember you used to talk down of, of Stephen Kenny, like when Dundalk went on that amazing run. They had a game, I think, against Longford in the middle of it. And he went like hyper trying to get the players hyped up for this game against Longford in the middle of Europa League run. And Bowes followed up this this performance against uh, um, Starnan by failing to beat Longford at home. And I was just thinking back of Stephen Kenny, how he knew that like after a big European result, you can slip up in the league. And Sligo didn't perform either after their European performance. Well, well, that story was, I mean, Gary Rogers would have been in the room, but it was purely because I think that was maybe... I think in 2016, Gary, I think you played Longford three days before Zenit at home or something like that, or, or it was certainly around, or, or Zenit away. It was around that time. It was, I think it was after, it was after Zenit, I think, away. Was that, was oh, after, after Zenit at home. Sorry. Yeah. After, yeah. I just remember I was into the Longford Arms Hotel trying to use the, uh, trying, to, like, trying to use the toilet and I was, the ground, ground floor wasn't working. So I was sent up to the first floor and uh, was up on the first floor. The that's, your, that's your excuse, Dan, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, I, I, I'd like to think I'm a best journalism <laughs> creeping around hotels. Is uh, that was a guest toilet in the long for arms episode? Or is it? But but anyway, up on the first floor. I mean, I don't know. I'll be honest now. Now in a second, I just heard these sort of manic screams from a room, and I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" And then I saw a meeting room. Now I did then go over to the door and try and listen to hear <laughs> what was being said, and it was. It was Stephen Kenny talking about talking to Chris Shields or something like you know really trying to pump him up and I was like right I, I was afraid that at any minute the door was going to open up like you know and <laughs> like 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 David Brent in the office and the cleaner walks in except it's just <laughs> me this is me standing me just standing there it um, is it but, is interesting though to like to reflect because we did talk about Pat's not being in in um, action in Europe and they got the job done without playing all that well against. Drogheda, and you kind of lose sight of the fact that the league title race, like, because we're all talking about Europe, the league title race is getting quite interesting. One, but just in relation to Bose, Dan, this is just a brilliant night. It was like I walked from, say, from Harris Cross down the canal, and the closer you got to sort of the ground, there was just this massive Bose jerseys, whether it's Fontaine's jersey, the Refugees' welcome jersey, the really nice home jersey. Then you're just struck by the fact that this whole Bose thing has taken off. It was just this massive jerseys. You get inside the ground, and despite the fact it was like, just a little over 10% of the capacity or whatever. There was actually great atmosphere, 
Bowes played well. Obviously, the chat was about Dawson Devoy. Um, you know, a lot of talk about his contract now. Will he sign on? Will he will he leave? Blah blah blah. But he he took to the stage as you you may, may have expected that he would. It was just a fantastic night. Really good to watch. Georgie Kelly in general play. I think he struggled to hold up the ball, but his confidence is so high. He just put the two goals away like as if he's been doing it all his life. And uh, they'll just go into the Doodland game now. The Doodland game now with a lot of confidence. And uh, yeah, it was a brilliant night for Bohemian Football Club. Yeah, I mean, Gary, what about Georgie Kelly then? I mean, there's a few aspects to, to Bowes, I think, um, and the younger players will talk about. Gary referenced a 16 or Johnny referenced a 16 year old at the weekend, which is Jamie Mullins. And that's obviously a, a broader discussion about younger players in the league. But what about Georgie? I mean, this is um, like he's he's well on his way to being top scorer this season. Um, and I, I don't know, as someone who shared dressing room with him, are you, are you surprised or did you always see that this potential was there for him to ignite like this? No, I'm definitely not surprised. I think you know, Georgie probably just lacked the opportunities at Dundalk really to kind of, you know, showcase himself. Uh, like anytime he came on, he, he scored goals. And I think now he's in a team that's really suiting the way he can, his attributes and the way he can play. And uh, look, he, he's getting goals. He's always been able to get, get goals when he was at Dundalk, but he was only getting, I suppose, a bit part role in terms of because Pat was top scorer and the main man, but, but Georgie never really got the kind of time you know, to, to play as much as he would have liked. And it just didn't, didn't I suppose, go well for him in terms of minutes. But, like, he's really, um, you know, it, it took him a few games to get hit the ground running at Bowes, but he really has found his stride now and he's playing really well. And the team around him are playing well as well. Like, they've got really good players there. Um, and they're, 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 I suppose, a really good side in terms of um, the wide players getting balls into the box with Georgie, but also you've got Dawson in the middle pulling the strings as well. And, and Bowes are kind of a really slick outfit at the minute and uh, probably the most exciting team in the league to watch right now. It should be mentioned that, like, Andy Lyons, obviously, as well, he, like, they're four St. Kevin's lads, their ex-Kevin's with Jamie Mullins. Cause, you know, I'm, I'm used to discussing these Mullins coming through, but that's normally some lads riding horses or whatever. It's great to get one in football. But, like, four Kevin's lads coming through. The three of them were brilliant in the European game. And in that goal on, on Sunday um, that Jamie Mullins scored, I, I thought he's little, like, he's two touches away from the defender. This is an unbelievable stuff for, for a lad of his age. Was he the youngest player ever to score a goal for Bowes in the league or something? You're you're going to get Andy Lyons in trouble because Andy Lyons came from um, Joseph's boys. That I, Andy Lyons was a, a Joey's boy. I apologize uh, you, for that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're you're you can't you can't make these mistakes in schoolboy football and definitely in Dublin. There'll, there'll be a horse's head turn up at your door, and it probably wouldn't be the first time in your case. But you know, actually, um, when 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 he spoke last week about coming through all the way with the two young lads, I presumed he was at Kevin. Well, that was Trump. Well, he went no, he went to he went to obviously like through the bows underage ranks, but. Uh. Um, but he, you know, he would have been at Joey's initially. I think with um, Brandon Cavanaugh would have been at Joseph's boys around the same time. And I watched him Bray on Friday. Yeah, but um, Gary, like, I mean, Bowes did win this game very comfortably, and I know that like Sharon and Art, like maybe weren't the strongest opponent, but I don't think we should underestimate that either. Like for a League of Ireland side to win comfortably in Europe, I mean, I don't know. You you had a great European record, but I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't remember you like cruising through the last 20 minutes of too many ties, if you know what I mean, uh, being, yeah. being comfortably true. It's, it's, you can't underestimate that, uh, particularly even for some of them, their first time at the Aviva, which we often talk about, of, well, it's the first time in the stadium and, and stage fright and all of that sort of stuff. They didn't seem to be inhibited by any of those teams. No, I think Bowes are kind of, I think they've probably been looking forward to getting to the Aviva. They've been knocking on the door in terms of cup finals and that experience is probably one that they embraced and really enjoyed mm. and, you know, their best football came out. 
Um, I think Starling were probably a better side than, than FH, and, and you point out about Sligo probably be very disappointed not to go, go through, and I did fancy Sligo to go through over the, over the two legs. I thought Bowes and Sligo would both go through, um, but Bowes have done the business, um, and their young players have really um, ignited a, a, on the big stage in the Aviva Stadium, and, and there's a lot of feel-good factor around, around the club now as well in terms of support, which has been building over the last number of years, and uh, I think the team really went and embraced the occasion and they ran. And I expect them to kind of do the same again. And I know there'll be more at the next game in the Aviva. And I think uh, that Bowes, the way they're playing, and um, they're probably the reform team in the league. Um, I know Keith has rested a few players, and Jamie Mullins actually started the game against Longford. And as, as Johnny pointed out, he scored a brilliant goal. But he, like he did, Bowes have done really well in terms of introducing him. He's a young 16 year old kid. I think Kevin's, as you say, but he, they brought him on against um, Drotten a couple of weeks back and his first touch, he almost set up a goal and he nearly scored a goal late on in the game. So they've kind of been blooding him gradually and you can see that he's probably, you know, a, a Dawson Devoy type player replacement down the line. Like, and Dawson was excellent against um, Darren the other day in the Viva and he's, um, he's really kicked on. Like, he's been awaiting and so you, you just wonder, like, is he happy at Bohemians because he, he's really playing really good football and, and I suppose playing at home would probably be good for him. You see the way it was for Jack. And I think, you know, he could probably benefit from another year in the league and kind of, you know, because he's been away, he might be in a rush to go back. Like another mm. year with Bohemians, um, you know, if they could push on and win the league, obviously they're the Champions League football and he could go off the back of that, a much more experienced player. It's going to be interesting because I assume there'll be a lot of eyes on this game against Theodore Lange now. And I think that's a, that's a tough tie, but if they get through it, then you play against Pauk and all of a sudden if someone does well in that type of game you know the, the offers might become more tempting I suppose and that's just the nature of these things but it, it is actually interesting you talk, I know that we were like you know that our clubs are playing Icelandic sides but watching even Sligo play against F. Howe I mean F. Howe were like big physical side they were they weren't they had, they had one or two lively attacking players but generally they were just you know, every like Sligo kept winning corners, which was which was meat and drink for them. They were absolutely delighted. You know, they defended them all. But it sort of is interesting that you were looking at the, the even Johnny Kenny coming on, but even the way that that Sligo Rovers were trying to play, quite technical. And you talk about bows, like it's it's an interesting time, I think, for some of our clubs in Europe how they now play compared to maybe when you were maybe starting off, Gary, how League of Ireland sides were perceived in Europe. You know that they would have been perceived as like the 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 four four two sort of or the four five one or whatever, and very hard to beat and good on dead balls and stuff. But it just so happens a lot of our sides now have to play because their better players are creative side of players and not necessarily giants. I mean, you look at that Bose team. I know we've got Georgie, but elsewhere it's it's a sense of like smaller, faster, more technical players around them. Yeah, no, the style of football has definitely shifted, and I think there's a massive difference in terms of. Say when I would have started out with Shelburne back in 2000, and they would have been playing in Europe, like it was back to the wall stuff, you know, initially because it was, you know, your pre-season was your European games, and obviously the, the, the season has has changed as well, and teams, I suppose, have benefited from from being um, in season now. But like you say, the, the players are far more technical, and young players coming through now. I suppose with with Brexit. And um, you'll have these young players that probably would have gone to England and gone to academies are going to be knocking around League of Ireland clubs and first team football. And you know, you know, clubs, you know, in the academies, they're leaning towards playing 
good, attractive football like Dundalk would have done traditionally over the last, like Stephen Kenny and his reign at Dundalk. Um, you know, it wasn't kind of back to the wall. You, we weren't lucky to beat Bafé 3 0 in Tala. We went there and, and we, play, we played really good football and got a great win. And, you know, there's certainly been a shift in terms of the style of play. You know, League of Ireland clubs, are, you know, are not associated with that kind of more defensive mentality, long ball, hit the big man and take your chance and then back to the wall for the rest of the game. That's gone out the window. That's, uh, I suppose, dinosaur uh, sort of stuff um, yeah. in comparison to what players are playing now and clubs are trying to play. Like, I, I think as well, to be fair, the Irish clubs still have to do the physical stuff well. They still have to defend set pieces well. Mm. Um, and in fairness, like, rovers from set pieces last season, that can give you a massive edge in Europe. Because, like, I was thinking of this, I, I'd like to compare Irish clubs defending and, and attacking corners against European opposition. I'd say we've always done well off set pieces. So that kind of, that's still important. But just just briefly on Devoy, uh, Gary, because he is an interesting case study. Like, I don't think he enjoyed his time necessarily, his brief time in England. Um, he's come back. He's like yourself. He's a mead man. He's, he's, he's back home. Um, but he's playing in the Viva Stadium. Like, he's playing a, a good brand of football. He's been allowed to play football week in, week out. He's actually playing in his preferred position as well, which you'd imagine wouldn't be straightforward if he were to go to England. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of considerations for him. Like, he, if, if Bo's tying down for a contract, his agent might well advise him, well, that's not in your interest. But at the same time, surely he's better off being in Ireland for another year than chance in England at this stage of his, you know, fledgling career. Yeah, look, there's, there's all different ways you can look at that, like in terms of his contract. It, it's what, what he wants to do. You know, there's nobody kind of say putting a gun to his head, you have to go to England. Like, it, it's about, like, he's been to England and he's come back. He wasn't happy, he came back, and now he's playing football. He's really enjoying it at a really good club. And, like you say, he, he's performed really well in the Viva Stadium. It, a bit like, you know, the likes of Keith Fatty in Europe, you know, all, you, you go back through the years and all the kind of top players uh, that, that when it, Came to the big game in the in European football, the likes of Keith Fatty played that game against with the Hurt of Berlin, and I think yeah. I remember I remember Brian Murphy having an outstanding performance against Redbird Salzburg and Wes Hula and all these guys. Like playing in our league really gives you a good foundation, you know, to progress your career. And I think playing senior football for him, whether it be this year or next year at Bohemians, is not going to be a bad thing for him. Like, like he's got a massive future ahead of him, and um, obviously. Look, these are decisions that Dawson Devoy is going to have to make. It won't be my decisions, but I think, you know, where he's at now, you know, it's given him a chance to kind of showcase his talent. And I think, you know, Bohemians will obviously be trying to keep him there. And look, you might find that you look at what Jack Bourne has done over the last couple of years uh, in the league, and he might want to replicate that because he certainly has the capacity to be that sort of player. Like I watched him against Pats a couple of weeks ago and he dictated the, the game in midfield and the same against Strata a couple of weeks back as well. Like, so he, he's been... He's been really flying, um, and like I said, Bohemians, it, it, the club, and Keith and, and Trevor have done a great job in terms of bringing identifying these players, you know, that were coming back from the UK, and um, and you know, giving them a place and getting them back, you know, playing football and enjoying it, and and he's he's obviously you know uh, doing really well, and the club have to take a lot of credit for that as well. I mean, Gary, you're you're involved in this business now in terms of sort of scouting players and stuff, and. Uh, certainly the more you speak to people you really you really get a handle on the importance of like placing players in the right places I mean that is a, a big part of it it's, I think sometimes we just talk about you know getting away but really the big part is getting away to the right place that that suits you and that's easier said than than done sometimes and, and that that involves a group effort like for example you know you can look at someone like Zach Albazetti 
who was outstanding in the league here, but just just went to <clears throat> went away to Lincoln. But it, it didn't seem like you know he, he never even got a, a run in the side there really to any great degree. You know, and now he's gone. Very interesting transfer for him going to Sweden to AIK and like you know a proper club. But you know the argument might have been maybe Zach could have stayed at home for another year and and gone to a you know, a, a, a maybe a top League of Ireland side and became an even bigger name here and then got an even better move. And that's part of the equation, isn't it? Like that there's an impatience to get away, which can often doesn't come from everyone around the player. But if you don't go to the club where the, the, the manager's style maybe suits you, you can set a player back. Like that that's that's the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, going away for the sake of it and then spending a year or so playing reserve team football or under 23 football, it's not going to progress you the way playing senior football is here. And I think especially if you're in a full-time club um, and playing, you look at you look at the amount of games guys are playing this week that are in, involved in the uh, Europa League conference that have games like, tomorrow and then the cup game at the weekend, you know, the game, like that sort of stuff stands to you and, and, and you know, it builds your character in terms of playing away in Europe and, and that's stuff that you don't get, you know, at Lincoln in the UK hmm. and um, you know you, I think it's undervalued what the league does for players here and the opportunities that there is especially when you're playing at one of the top teams or playing in Europe I think it's a it's massive in terms of uh, you know how you develop as a player uh, Just going to go to uh, Dundalk and I was playing the Valley Talent but Gary from your perspective I, I watched the game against Utown in, in Oriel um, I thought the pitch looks like the, the Oriel pitch looks like it's a lot of wear and tear in these conditions I, no, I'm, I'm speculating here from my own experience. I find Astros are very, very hot in this weather. Are they better off? You go back to this five side game later on, is it? Yeah, thankfully I'm not playing, but I, I find Astro, Astro pitches like like way hotter than just being like walking around, we'll say normally. So are they better off in Tala tomorrow night, we'll say, than, than playing at Oriel in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely, you can almost taste the heat off them in terms mm-hmm. of the pitch. Um, because like they absorb like that black rubber on the pitch as well doesn't help in the dark. I know you can get green rubber and stuff like that, but they've gone for the black one, which you know absorbs the heat, as you know. And it definitely playing in Tala for the dark anyway, it, it's been I suppose a happy hunting ground in terms of European games, and they'll be happy with that. And and the pitch in the dark is, is poor, as you know, the, the the stadium is poor, and you look at all the I suppose the money that's been generated throughout Europe over the last number of years, and I'm still looking at the same same facilities, unfortunately. On, on that, Gary, like Dan, the, the contrast between that and, and and the Viva Stadium. I know it's not Bo's home ground, but you've you've made this point yourself many times. That just looks good. It looks so good. The Bo's experience last week. Oh yeah, and- yeah, yeah. And I see your patient to convert with me in that. Like you know, I think giving our players the stage to show they can what they can do. Sometimes I always remember Stephen Kenny making that point before Dundalk played away against Rosenberg in 2017, just saying, like, you know, if you put these players in in this facility all the time, people would see how good they are. I don't care what anyone says. Like, when people see a player score a brilliant goal, but it's on a grainy stream and there's, like, a housing estate behind the goal or whatever, or a chip van or something, mm. it does lead people to sort of think that this isn't as serious as it is. And I, I'm at the point, I mean, uh, in, my, in my newsletter that I, I send out on a Friday, like, I actually think, the, the, the example of, say, Bose at the Aviva just goes to show, like, how maybe, like, for example, the last seven years, eight years, has been Dundalk. Only, like, three teams have participated in the FEI Cup final at the Aviva. Like, it's been Dundalk and Cork and then Dundalk mm. and Rovers. And I don't know, maybe this year with restrictions, if things are going to be bad, maybe Cup semi-final day should be an Aviva day this year, if they can make that work. You know, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Imagine if you, mm. can, if you get 8,000 or 10,000 people or 
I don't know, you know, would you do them both on the same day? Would that, would there be security? With the stigmatization of football fans, there probably will be security questions about that. But stigmatization I, of football yeah. fans, yeah. It was, it was interesting to see I'd not all bars that. open for the game as well. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, like, what, like, what you, is you that about? Like, seriously, I don't. We don't. We can only speculate. But anyway, like you know, that that maybe cup semi-final day, so more players get a chance to show what they can do there. You know, I think now, mind you, Dundalk and Athlone eleven nil in the Aviva probably wouldn't have been a great semi-final. So you know, you have to be careful with the with how to how to draw turns it up. But anyway. We'll move on to the Dolph Lavadia. And before we talk about that tie, here's some audio from the press conference. I don't have the clip in here. Ironically, David Willett answered your question. He said exactly like the players are desperate to move to Tala. Um, you know, they, this is exactly where they want to be. And basically, he actually said the Tala surface was even better than the Aviva last year in terms of the group stages in the autumn. I don't know if you can verify that, Gary, but certainly... I suppose the, the weather was, and, and maybe weather was, was affecting things. Rugby was a factor uh, as well, yeah. By yeah. the time it came along. But anyway, uh, we do hear Dave talking here about the new conference league and how he is and mad in the format. And prior to that, we hear from Vinnie Perrett just talking about the, the value of the European experience in their squad. So, uh, yeah, here's the lads. Vinnie, like, you have members of your squad now who have probably played over 30 European games. And then no matter what's happened with domestic form, and, and I know it's improved in recent weeks, but... How important is that experience you have in your group that, you know, they're not going to encounter much in Europe that they haven't seen before, I guess, at this stage, quite a number of them. And even the internationals are international players as well in some cases. Yeah, absolutely. I think the experience helps. Like when you look how I thought balls were, were sensational last week without a real amount of experience in the team as well. Like, so there was a, there was a freedom in their play. So it can work both ways. But um, I think the experience helps when when things go against you more than um, anything else. So you have a bad moment or the opposition in Europe, a lot of teams keep the ball sometimes for large periods of the game. And having that understanding that that's happened to us before. And I, used, I, I often use the example of Bate in 2016. People talk about us winning in Tala, but we were so far outplayed away in Bate that we, the, the lessons from that were huge. We stayed in the tie, we hung in. We just about got through it and it gave us a chance of hope at home. So I think nights like that give you the experience that sometimes, sometimes in Europe, things can go against you, two legs, and you can have bad moments. And I think that's the advantage we would have is from that experience. I think, I think it's, a, it's a huge plus for us. Yeah, it's been interesting because people keep asking me kind of, you know, what is the story? How come you're not in the Europa League? What's with the conference? And to be honest, as it's gone on, I, I'm trying to figure out how it's worked. I think I found out yesterday there is a third round and a playoff qualifying for the Europa League. I wasn't sure if there was any qualifying for the Europa League. Um, so, yeah, it's, I suppose it'll take a little bit of getting used to. I feel a little bit hard done by, I think, like, I mean, they even brought in a couple of years ago, there was an extra kind of be an extra round to try and qualify for the Champions League. Now it's, you know, you're sure Shamrock for example, are immediately down into the conference after losing. So, it feels like each year it's 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 kind of more and more for the top teams and less and less for the the, the kind of lesser teams. Now I know the money is still attractive and, and all of that, but in terms of you know I'm sure viewing figures if you make a group will be lower in the conference. I think there's there's positives and negatives. There's, there's obviously you know I'd imagine there's a higher chance that we can we could qualify for this conference league. You look at Rovers' draw in the third round looks very good for them to progress to the playoff. Um, so that's the, the upside of it, I suppose, is, is and, and the money involved there would be great for, for Irish football. But on the, neg on the negative side, the chances of you playing the, the big teams are 
are less and less so. And I think that only plays into the hands of the larger clubs and the amount of money that floats to the top clubs is kind of, um, I don't know whether, I don't know really, to be honest, I don't know where football goes when, when, you know, you look at the European Super League and all of that and how these clubs are continually looking for more and more money. I don't really know how we continue to, to survive at this level if, if, the aim of football is to just feed the top 10 or so clubs in Europe. But I think that's probably a discussion for another day. But as I said, there's positive and negatives. Hopefully it means more progression to group stages, but the negative is it means less attractive teams in that group stage for, for, uh, for big ties for, for clubs like us. Yeah. So, so Gary, what, what about that? I mean, the, the, the conference league, I mean, it is true. Like it probably does offer more group stage potential for clubs, but it does push you further away from the glamour ties potentially. Like there, there is two ways of looking at this competition, isn't there? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt there's certainly been the push, I suppose, to keep the, the, the minnows or the lesser leagues away from the Champions League. They kind of want that pot, I suppose, kept for the, for the big clubs. And although we were kind of a playoff um, game away from getting there in 2016, like it's really, really difficult to get there now. And um, yeah, there's, there's no you know, you know, the Europa Conference, you know, provides an opportunity to play group stage football. You still will have to be a really good side, um, you know, in the playoff round, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, the, the glamour ties that, you know, that I suppose our supporters all crave against, you know, Premier League opposition like Arsenal we had last year. And I know this, um, you know, Rovers at Spurs and AC Milan over the years, but they, the, them games are going to be few and far between. And, and that's certainly, you know, the downside to it. There is two sides, so I think there is still going to be good some good sides in the Conference League. Like, and you can even see with the draws, like Pauk and Vitesse Arnhem potentially in the next round for clubs. Like, there there are good sides there, and it's just an interesting one. I think the the, the, the problem with the group stages, even the the extent of a TV deal and the scheduling of it, it's going to be I think potentially afternoon games or evening games on a Thursday and stuff. That's potentially going to be the the issue, but um. We'll probably talk more about Shamrock Rovers next week because they're not playing this week um, or, two, or two weeks' time, sorry, when they're back in action. But they certainly have shown, again, that the champion's route is the is the way to go through the competition and they have a chance. But so the Doc Lavadia, I mean, you have a bit of previous with the Doc Lavadia uh, from, from 2018. I don't know what, what springs to mind for you from that game, Gary. Yeah, it was a, it was a difficult tie. I think, you know, we were certainly overwhelming favourites in that game. And um, we went over there. Dylan Connolly he got the goal. We beat them one 0 And Mickey Duffy scored a brilliant goal um, in the return leg. And we were quite comfortable. I think you know it, we were quite comfortable in terms of once Mickey had got that goal. But it was very much in the balance, and they certainly had chances over there. And like I think both teams were probably arguably better than they are now. Um, but I don't know um, in terms of you know there's a high turnover. I think only. Ryan Gartland, uh, Dan Cleary and Mickey Duffy are possibly left from that, that squad. I'm not sure Patrick McInerney wasn't there but um, from, the, from that tie. But, and even their squad, I think there's only four or five left. Um, Debelko obviously went to yes. league and we came across him the following year. But it's, it's certainly a 50-50 game. Um, but you know, I know Vinny over the last few weeks has, has managed to name an unchanged team for three games. And if he's going to do that for the next three games, <clears throat> I think it could be difficult to get through and win, win all the three games because I know they're treating on Sunday in the FAI Cup as well, and that'll be a tricky game. So, mm. um, you know, the depth in the squad probably isn't what it was in previous years. But I think it's very much a 50-50 game, whereas, you know, when we played them around the last time, we would have been very disappointed, um, you know, to get beat. And uh, look, we, we, we did get through, but... 
you know, it, it's kind of a, I would think, you know, given Dundalk's form this year, it, it's definitely a 50-50 game, but I know on past experience, you would have expected to go through the round, but it's hard to know um, where they are. There's certainly been an improvement in form uh, under Vinny, and Vinny knows the league, and that's probably no surprise, because I think under Jim, it was, it was you know, was very up and down and it was poor, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, that delay of two, three months to, to pick a manager when there was a manager there clearly didn't want to be the manager as well. So I suppose the players have benefited from a bit of stability with Vinny coming in and um, he's given them that. Um, but again, it, it's a game that I suppose the supporters will expect Dundalk to go through, but it, it, could, be, it could be difficult enough. One. You talk about stability, though. It's a funny one. I mean, what have you made of say, the Patrick McElhenney situation, for example. It's now known he's leaving the club at the end of the season. I don't think it's wrong to say he would like to leave, I think, in this window, if it was possible. Um, and, you know, you're talking about another big player leaving the club. I mean, what, what do you make of the whole situation there and how it's playing out? Yeah, look, it's strange. I suppose you look at Patrick McElhenney, he wants to go. Um, Chris Shields wanted to go and was let go. Stefan Kolovic wanted to go and was let go. And now Patrick McElhenney clearly wants to go and is not let go. So it, it's, you know... So why would the club let him go? I guess to flip around, I mean, you know, it, it seems mad to me if they let Shields go personally, but obviously after... Oh, yeah, but look, it's like yeah, look, it, you know. it is like, it is mad to let your captain and, and, you know, probably one of the best players in the league over the last 10 years go, but they did. So like, you know, strange thing happened up there. Um, obviously Patrick wants to move back to Derry little one is going to school up there and it's a family decision same as Chris Shields decision it was a family decision and Chris Shields wanted to go back he's, he's been travelling um, he lives up in Bangor which is mm. just outside Belfast and he's been travelling up and down and it was a thing he, he wanted to move back for, for personal reasons and Patrick obviously wants to move back for personal reasons it's not anything against the dog but he's, he's obviously been blocked in this case he's going to go back at the end of the season whether he goes back before this window is up we don't know and um, I think probably Dundalk are looking for a fee and Derry are probably not keen to pay a fee at the minute but uh, yeah look it, it is a strange situation up there I think uh, you know the you know the strategy has been baffling even last year you know throughout um, was the season it was strange like you know How did you cope as it, players in the middle of all that? It's difficult Johnny to be honest with you because you know you're not being offered contracts like you know people have been told they are, you're going to get offered a contract but like there was nothing put on in front of players until the season was over. So, like, I think, you know, it's a very difficult situation where you're performing week in, week out, I suppose, against the odds in Europe. And yet, you know, you're, you're I suppose, your value in terms of a contract, you know, the, the club are not prepared to, to give you a contract for whatever reasons that may be, you know. And it looks as if, you know, they're selling up and they're trying to keep the the wage bill down so it makes it more attractive to, to sell to somebody else but mm. I just I don't see that. we couldn't understand the strategy last year um, and you know it, it's it's more of the same this year where other clubs at the minute are doing their business they're entitled to speak to players and, and they're speaking to players now to get ready for next year and that stuff goes on and uh, whereas Dundalk won't be able to tie down the players they have they lost you know the majority of the squad last year and arguably like you know and our twelve and players could easily still be at the club. And, and come here, look, I think it's interesting because last year, despite all of that instability and and sort of craziness, you still managed to focus though when it came to football. You know that you got through the the the, the three big European ties. Like, do these big European games, no matter what's going on with lads in their head, like naturally focus the minds? Like, you know that you're playing Levadi over two legs. Like I mentioned it in that interview there with Vinny. Like, there are still players in there like Andy Boyle. 
with Mickey Duffy. You, you mentioned a couple like guys there, even even like Huben, who's hopefully back in the mix, and even the lads who were through the group stages last year. Like that's a lot of experience, you know, like 10, 12 games maybe, or or a bit, bit fewer with the one-legged ties. But like, can can players still pull all that crap to one side when they have a match? It's eleven v eleven, or does it naturally just seep into you're away on the plane to Estonia and you just you no, know, you end up just talking about well, what's the story with you? What's happening? Like, what's going on here? It's strange, yeah, absolutely. Look, when you go on the pitch, and that's what players want to do, play football. But there certainly does be, there has been a lot to talk about around the football last year. And even we had Zoom meetings with, with you know, the chairman before the game in, um, where was it, uh, in Vienna. Like, you know, so the boys spent the whole time talking about the point of Zoom meeting, you know, and it's just... All as a group or individuals? All as a group, like, you know, she was sitting there... Like, recording of it. <laughs> I don't it wouldn't be that entertaining to be honest with you but you look the stuff like that that was going on and lads were just scratching their heads I suppose that what is actually going on here and like it was I suppose clear for, for probably more some of the more experienced guys in the group you know what the objective was and, and you know they've seen it before like you know it was certainly part of my reason for retiring was the fact that um, I, I didn't really want to be there anymore I just felt that it was kind of it wasn't the same club that I had that I signed for, you know, so it was, uh, look, it, it, it was just, it was a strange environment and it wasn't a really good place and it wasn't enjoyable and I think, you know, football has to be enjoyable and uh, I think a lot of lads weren't enjoying it last year and, and that's probably seeped through a little bit this year as well and, and that kind of off the field stuff has remained, you know. I think Johnny has one more, but just before, like, so, so sorry, what was he, what was the point of the Zoom meeting then? Like, what was the chairman actually saying? Like, what was the purpose it, of it? He was he was apologising for the poor communication between because like we we would find stuff out in the media as opposed to uh, from, directly from the club you know it's a bit like you know the Shane the Shane um, Keegan scenario where he found out before the press conference that he was going to be the manager like stuff like that happened all the time like you would hear stuff uh, you would see stuff in the papers before we'd actually know in the dressing room like you know the communication was really really poor there um, and uh, it was very frustrating you know. I think they kind of mm. need to be lauded in fairness for their performances under Vinny. They have like steady the ship and they've, I, I still think they'll kind of perform in your very, very briefly before you go. We had this debate last week. Quickly, best keeper in the league? Uh, this year? Yep. Um, I think probably McGinty at the minute. Interesting. And, and the other one was um, Rovers beat Derry 4-2 Graham Burke looked unplayable. Watts came back, unbelievable goal from Gaffney. Was that a sign that like they're going to click into gear now, or will Pat stick with them? And Sly going maybe. Well, obviously, Bowles are probably gone now. I, th- I think what you find with, with European football, and it happened a couple of years ago when we played slow, and you come off them European games where you're playing teams that are a better opposition than yeah. you play every week, and I think you come out with them games. I think yeah, you come out the game against Slovan flying. Yeah, and, yeah. And that with so it, it'll be interesting to see how Rovers push on. Obviously, Pats, Pats are probably, Pats and Bowen is probably the best place to push them. So I dropped points at the weekend and be disappointed with that. We just don't have the squad to maintain a title challenge. Okay, Gary, listen, it's been great having you on. And um, yeah, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch you again. I think you're, you're going off to do some scouting now. So we'll let you go and, and do your bit and we'll catch up no with you again soon. Yeah, thanks to Gary Rogers there. That would have been a, an interesting Zoom call, Dan. Bill rallying the troops on the old Zoom. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, it's it's always good to hear from the horse's mouth that the you know the stuff that was going on and is going on and I think some people out there might like to deny this isn't going on in some shape or form but it is and that's the 
that's the dysfunction of the club. I mean, we should actually reference, I mean, uh, Vinnie Part was linked with an R921 job this week. Um, he spoke about that, said he wasn't going anywhere. Now, my understanding is certainly he was on the radar and, and you know, inquiring about it, but the timeline is obviously unclear. And to be honest, like he'd be t- well within his rights to do so as well. It would have been a good um, job for him, I think. His situation at Dundalk is like everything is short term there. So I'd have, I'd have no problem with anyone there looking for, um, you know, looking for something more secure and long term when you don't know what what the plan is. Um, if any part did suggest in his, in his answer to the question that there might be some kind of review coming soon about what mm. might happen to the club, all a bit vague really. And I mean, I'm not sure the extent to which. He's fully been briefed on what's happening. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I sincerely hope that that's the case. Um, I, I certainly don't want it to be the end of an era there. But it feels like, I mean, even as Gary said there, you know, that 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 sense, and listen, that's only Gary speculating, you know, that that people might be looking to sell up and, and reduce the wage bill. But certainly, you know, it, 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 it's not a ridiculous speculation, you know, to do that. And it certainly seems to be the chat it's kind of funny like you, you we'll speak briefly a bit about Cork City because you kind of listened into the, the post-match um, press conference from their game against Wexford but like if they if they leave Dundalk the pitch is in a as the pitch is in a bad state the ground is in a bad state Dundalk could start like 2020 20, sorry 2022 um, in a position where almost like all this European glory was a dream that never happened because like they could be in a complete mess in some respects yeah, the one legacy that they have is their brilliant seeding, their brilliant coefficient. Mm. Like the Dundalk are ranked so high in Europe, it's ridiculous. I mean, the fact they're is, seeded Dundalk, against Arnhem. Well, yeah, if Dundalk beat the Valley, they're seeded. But like Dundalk, I was looking at it the other day. Like Dundalk seeding is so high. Like that basically Dundalk is now seeded above, and it just goes to show for people that we go on about the coefficient, and the coefficient is important for you know perception. It's a good barometer. The league co results. And so yeah. on. And, you know, it leads you to columns about, well, it's the 42nd or 44th or 46th, and it's below the pharaohs and above the pharaohs and all this sort of stuff. And you have to accept that because it does trace results over a five-year period. There's glitches in the system um, that allow, you know, nations to jump up uh, and so on. But like about them, it's almost irrelevant, the league coefficient for seeding, though. It's all about your individual record. And Stephen Bradley's been speaking about that. Like for Shamrock Rovers, if what they do is what matters. Yeah. You know? and, and the dog seeding is incredibly high. Like the dog are seeded above League, league on in France. So that basically, if a, a team from League on qualifies for Europe that hasn't been in Europe in the previous, like, recent times, you know, it comes out of nowhere and, and came second in the league, you know, or, or maybe, well, you know, or whatever, like, Dundalk will be seeded against them, even though you know this is one of the top four or five leagues in Europe, and you're from the 46th league in Europe, but you will be seeded. So it's all about your individual, all about your individual standing, and that's the thing that, like, you know, the likes of TNS and Dudelange who who goes play, and teams who qualify regularly enough, like their seeding is always very high. And Rovers, by for example, Rovers look like they're on that cycle that they're going to be in Europe every year. You know, consecutively, and in fact, I think they're at that stage now. So their seeding naturally, you know, jumps up, but they need like one or two good years to really get into. That. Funny but my point about them, talk sorry, is that you know, what they probably inherit- won't be in Europe next year, though. Like, well, it, it, well, they might, listen, but they probably won't. If, if it's 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 possibly unlikely, although you know, if the if you know if their results in the next two series of games or next one and a half series of games. I like the results in the last sort of nine or ten games. Like they'd actually have a chance. They would. Oh, they the have league, a chance. The league, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. League, the league is so congested um, that really, like you know, if you win three or four in a row, they'll probably only be within. 
like as it stands, only like what three or four points behind Bowes who are fourth. We assume that one of the top four would win the cup. Now, you so assumptions are dangerous this year, I think. But and we'll talk about the cup in a minute. But like, yeah, like if they're not going to win three or four in the trot, there's every chance that they'd be within touching distance, possibly even a third, you know. So they actually play Sligo Rovers in their next league game, and that's pretty important because I think Sligo Rovers is the team, rightly or wrongly, after had and Gary mentioned it there in their squad people might wonder are they vulnerable to uh, yeah I think they are I think they are and And, um, yeah like so we'll talk about Bowes now as well so Bowes I I fully expected them to beat uh, Starnham like I'd watched the home leg I didn't think Starnham were great so Bowes they did the job that that was well and good but like this tell me about Dudeland this has to be a step up Starnham were not good yeah it's a weird one because you're looking at you're looking at the form of leagues and Dudeland, the Luxembourg League, they're in pre-season, um, you know, and their results of their champion. So Fola Esch, who won the league, um, they, they lost 5-0 to Lincoln Red Imps in the second leg. They That's lost 7-2 to Agri to Lincoln Red Imps, who, who, who look to be okay now and probably have a really high seeding because they're in it every year. They lost last night 2-1 at home to a decent enough side. So they're not, clearly not, they're really not, you, you have a perception of them. But the fact is, Fola Esch lost 5-0 and the other Luxembourg team in the Conference League lost. So, Duda Lange now are, are fascinating because like they, they played UCD in 2015 and were knocked out. But, but they almost had a Dundalk-style story then in 2017, in 2019. They've qualified for the group stages twice of the Europa League. And like, they were involved in some mad games. They beat Apoel 4-3 to qualify the first time. And then... They, like, they, they took a point against Sevilla, I think, the last time. Mm. So Performed well I, I against did, Milan. Yeah, so I did have a look at their squad, though, and basically they've, they've you know, a lot of their players, you know, not dissimilar, I suppose, to the dog having Horgan and Boyle picked off or whatever, but on, a, on a, a, another level, a lot of their players were, 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 were sold or taken away or whatever. So they didn't even qualify for Europe last year because the coronavirus curtailed season they were, I think, fifth when their season, because it's a winter season, it just stopped in that February, March. And they were out of the European places. And they weren't in Europe last year. And they're back now in Europe this year. But with a squad that there's only a handful of survivors from their really good team. So it doesn't look like... And if they're like coming it, in cold yeah. in pre-season and Bowes are coming in after the massive bonus of getting through the first round with morale high, 8,000 people in the Aviva Stadium, I think that's a serious, serious plus psychologically and physically. Yeah, no, you would think so. But, like, I mean, like, Dirtle Landry, I mean, Irish teams know not to underestimate uh, Luxembourg mm. sides now. But, like, Dirtle Landry, I was looking at their squad, like, they, 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 they pick up a lot of players from sort of, you know, Germany, France, mm. Belgium, like, surrounding countries. And they've, like, they've done that again this time. And they have a couple of Luxembourg internationals in the mix as well. And um, there's a striker who's, who's, who's in the Luxembourg squad, Muratovic. Um, and, and, you know, so, so there's an interesting enough profile of their team. So they'll be decent enough. Like they have uh, another striker who's um, Portuguese. And like, so they, they, they tend to just sort of pick up players from that Central European region. But I think Bowes have form, they have fitness, they have confidence. They have 8,000 people at the second leg. No stream so think, for the home legs. No, in Luxembourg. So it's going to be a, an old school uh, attempt to follow it by like live score or whatever it is. I think Bowes, if they could just get through the first leg, well, actually, you know what? I'm actually, you changing my, I'm, changing my, I'm actually changing my opinion, by the way. I say get through the first leg. Maybe the first leg is the time to strike if they're, if they're mm. in pre-season two, you know? 
maybe that's and there's no away goals aspect to it presumably yeah, hot over there would you have a moral objection to if some Bose fan did Instagram live illegally like I did when Shamrock Rovers were in the penalties that time no if no one well if no one has rights for the game then they're not breaching anything really are they like if maybe you know if you're, if you're if, if you're talking about a rights holder they can be they can be miffed with that type of thing but if there is no rights holder there's no one broadcasting the screen and the early rounds that qualify and aren't subject to a, to a TV deal, there's actually nothing to stop them doing that. So the, the challenge Maybe is set. transpire. What about Dundalk? Yeah, well, Dundalk, the value, as we spoke about with Gary, like, I mean, I think that's... Um, like, Levadi are top of their league at the moment, but again, the Estonian league isn't ranked very highly, but their Champions League team, Flora Talon, um, they did actually have a good result in their first leg. In the first round, they... And they're playing Legia Warsaw. There was, by the time we go out, the first leg will be will be over of that game, um, and that's probably more of a of a barometer of where they're at. Um, but that the Dr. Levadia game a couple of years ago, like Levadia again, like they picked up a lot of players from the region. There's a couple of Ukrainian players in that game, mm. but their squad has pretty much changed. They're trying to get a handle on their form. It's hard to know. I still think the dog have that European experience that if they can put out a strong first eleven of players. You know, it, it is still like there's still a core of players who were there last year, with the exception of obviously Natastad, who actually I think would have played against these last year with his old team, the Pharaohs, and then Jarkovskis, yeah. who I think is, is excellent. Um, and then you have to for a team who not long ago some of these were playing Rapid Vienna and losing four three, three you know, in a, in a game they could have got a result. Well, they have like Duffy it, patching McElhenney and Macmillan and all these good players. Like midfield is probably still like, the obviously missing Chris Shields. They have a lot of quality in that team. There's no getting away They do, they do. I mean, we'll see if Sloggett's fit, Huben, Murray and Dunmigan come back into the mix. Like, I think they should be well capable mm. of, of, of being really competitive in and, this time. And Shamrock um, Rovers got a good draw as well in the third qualifying round. Yeah, we've, we've saw, we'll, we'll, probably, we'll, listen, we'll deal with that again, but listen, it's all about the Champions route for them. And mm. as I mentioned, I mentioned at the start, like they're playing teams who are either the team from Andorra, uh, Descalades, who Dundalk played last year, and Toy de Duras from Albania, who were hammered by Sheriff um, over, over two legs of the Champions League. So, Listen, it's all about that Champions Ring. And there was a couple of stinkers in there they could have got. They could have potentially been paired with Bodo Glimp, the Norwegian champions, who, again, are a bit of a lurker in that because they won the league, but they have no recent European record. They're, they're unseated. Um, and they could have got someone like that, um, but they didn't. So they have a great chance now of, of a playoff round tie. And just to explain, look, if they were to get through this round, the teams that they would be playing in the playoff round would be so league fixtures at the moment that are ongoing the likes of Legia Flora Talent those games and then lose the next Europa League round that they drop into so like you know they're they're, they're, they're playing teams potentially who won last week but then lose their next two ties so you're not talking about sort of superstar teams there might be as I said there's one or two lurkers in there but 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 only one or two so um, that's going to be interesting Rovers have a real chance so things could get very interesting for them but uh, we, yeah. Before we move on, we'll, we'll do a four-star pizza quiz, uh, quiz question now before we move on to the, uh, the cup chat. And it is European-related again, and it is related to maybe a, a club we were just talking about a second ago, which is Doodalange. So 2015, UCD beat Doodalange on away goals. It was two all after uh, the two-legged encounter. Name the UCD player who scored both goals. Uh, in their in their games with, with Doodleland. I think it was a goal in each leg, if I recall correctly. So you can send us your answer to that question on uh, at LOI Central Pod 
um, our hashtag LOI Central for the four-star pizza quiz question. So the UCD player who scored both their goals against Dudelange in 2015. We should reflect just on the, the league um, last weekend as well. Pats obviously beat Drogheda, but the, the main the main thing for me was there was all this debate about what team Shamrock Rovers could put out because of a COVID scare. Watch back the highlights, Dan. Like they absolutely tore Derry apart after going two 0 down. Graham Burke was his pass and his move and everything. Watts, Gaffney, all of this. Obviously, Richie Towell got a goal, and you're like, yeah, they, they might. I think as Gary was saying, I think they might kick on a bit from that Bratislava game. And it was ominous for the other teams. I think balls are out of the race now after failing to beat Longford. I, I think. Well, listen, you can't just you can't say that one week rides one team out of it. I think it's ah, far, it's way far too much ground now. For that, I know, I know what you're saying, but really like they actually don't like, they don't, they, like all they need yes they don't actually have an instrument not when there's three teams at the top that look capable of taking points off each other you're they, listen you're right you're right if you think that rovers are going to go on an absolute storming charge but, but what, what what have we spoken about just there rovers have a chance of group stage football now a really realistic chance of group yeah. stage football or at the very least they have a chance of you know four more well four more ties in Europe, which is four more weeks of games, albeit one would probably correspond with a cup fixture and so on. That's still a distraction. No matter how good you are, that's still a bit of a distraction. I'm, I'm, listen, I was making that point for ages that, that, that Gary made about how the Slovan game could just lift Rovers' level. But this is like, this is, this is where it's, it's a distraction, yes. They probably did benefit from um, the Slovan performance in, in the way that they played against Derry. But like the, the point then, I, the, the flip side of this is, Keith Long gambled on this against Longford. Now, maybe he's half thinking, you know, the league is a bonus this season. We, we have to get into Europe. But he made a raft of changes. I think, like, I don't know if they'd have recognised striker on the pitch in the first half. And for the second time this season, they couldn't beat Longford at home. And that, that was a gamble that did not pay off for, for Bowes. Like, so, they've, 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 they went into the weekend thinking, we could gain ground on Rovers here. They actually lost two points. Yeah, listen, listen, they're 10 points point, but I'm just saying, like, Rovers and Derry at the weekend, right? Imagine Rovers and Derry at the weekend if they had another European game on the Tuesday or the Wednesday. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm just saying they're going into four weeks of potentially if they can get through the next round. Well, like, they could play against Derry as far as on the Rovers players at the weekend off. You know, they, mm. they won't have that if, if they're going into, you know, four big ties. I think that's just an important caveat. That's an important point to make. The Bows are, like, 10 points behind. But I think they still have to play Rovers twice more, do they? So like you know, so so you're 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 you're, you're certainly you're certainly in a situation. I think they do, yeah. So you're certainly in a situation where that can change very quickly. And if if you're catching one team and you're ten points behind, I know what you're saying, but I just think like you know, Rovers are playing this time. You know, that's drawn bows when they're game that weekend. The weekend is gone. If you know what I mean. So I, I I know what you're saying, but. I just think you, like these European variables, you have to take these into consideration. And like it's uncharted territory for Rovers. And I really hope they make the groups. I think they have a chance of being very competitive, certainly, and winning their next tie and then being into a big game. And having to play league games around that just isn't straightforward. It isn't 100% straightforward for them. So that's just something um, to bear in mind. I mean, that, that Derry game at the weekend, though, like it, it, there was something ominous about the whole thing, all right? It was, um, yeah, like, yeah. Like the build-up to it was crazy. As far as I know, like my understanding of it is, is that... The Rovers players were waiting on test results. I think someone had to get private test results before the game, in the minutes before kickoff, they were waiting on results. And a couple of players didn't play because they didn't get their results. So the team was like changed, like Gannon was in the team, taken out of it. Towel uh, wasn't listed in the squad, but then came back into it. Um, and from the description, Apollo Hare was up there reporting on it and he was describing just, you know, 
phone calls, people showing phones. And I think, I don't think results came in for Sean Gannon and Joey O'Brien. The, the underage team had traveled up. I think if one positive test had come back, the whole team was, 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 was in trouble. So they would have to play the 19s. So it was chaotic. So probably no surprise in that context that they went 2 0 down um, in a way. But how they responded, listen, I agree with you. It's ominous. And I, I really think that they were, they, the level against Bratislava was a level they haven't hit at all this season. And if they maintain it, listen, they'll, they'll win the league. But I'm just saying, this European run they could have, um, you know, will we'll raise questions for them. And Pats don't have that distraction, as we said. They're just getting, they're ticking along. And it'll be interesting to see if they, they add it to their squad before the window closes. But of course, Rovers, I mean, do they have an easy week this week against Goldie? No, they United? don't. You no, think and- not. But I think some audio from John Caulfield here would suggest suggest that this might be an easy week. Let's let's listen to John Caulfield on the big game in Tal on Friday. Just finally, Shamrock Rovers, 30 years after 1991 and so on. And I, I know there won't be much expectation, but how do you approach that game? You know, Do we have any sort of chance and do you have belief we could do something? Yeah, no. We, we, we go up to there and we do our best. It's a different level and... Um, it's um, you know we have a number of players that are going to be missing next week as well, which which isn't ideal. But the thing about it, is it's good for lads to see the different levels between the, the divisions because you know they're the top team in the country and they have a fantastic squad. And um, we'll go, we'll give everything and have a go, you know. But you know, being realistic, um, there's, a, there's a big difference between both both divisions, between the top of, the, of that division and, and our division. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, that was after a, a nil-all draw in Bray in. Uh... I mean, I've been to the, the Belinda Carlisle grounds many times where it's felt like the coldest place in the world back in the old days. Reminiscent about winter football. My first, I think it was my first ever League of Ireland away game watching Go United Bray with Ryan Lucas from Barbados scoring a goal. Meeting Tom for the first time. Tom Simmons is it the eclectic cork man. Um, that was like, that was about 25 years ago. This was about 25 degrees, probably hotter at pitch level. But anyway, yeah, John Caulfield completely writing off the chance. And you're speaking to going night fans, Dan, and you're wondering like, is this, um, is this a free shot or are they going to get hockeyed here because they're different, different levels? Yeah, I listen, well, the aren't playing in Europe next week, so you're going to get completely done over, I think. Um, I think right. if they had a cup, you know, if they were playing Europe on Tuesday or Wednesday, but they they have a full week after this, so they can put out a strong team. In fact, I think I think the problem for you, listen, I'm going to the game. I I, I would hope it would be competitive, and and I can see how a Caulfield and a Galway team like could make it difficult for them because you, you haven't really been conceding a huge amount of goals lately, that's for sure. But I think it's a perfect chance for Rovers now to get minutes for players who need them, the likes of Dylan Watts, um, you, you know. I'm not sure about one or two others coming out of the European games that were needed minutes, but I mean, Towell definitely needs minutes. So you'd imagine he'll be desperate to play a full game. Um, and I think there's just a few issues, you know, like Sean Cavan is coming back into the mix. So you'd imagine he'll be involved. Like you're talking about good players there who it's an important game for them. I just can't see any let up here. I think, I think your best chance would have been if, if um, from a Galway perspective would have been if, if Rovers were in the middle of a European tie then the eyes are taken off the ball a small bit, but I just can't see that happening in this instance. So, um, I, I'd expect the I'd expect a home win there. I have to say. Um, what's your what, I mean, what, are, what are you saying? You're obviously listen. You're you're a club spokesperson, but I mean, are, are you holding out a bit more hope that you, you can be competitive? Well, you know, they haven't been conceding chances at all in games. Like that's a real positive. The, the back four and Connor Kearns really really strong. Uh, Joe Gorman who. Uh, 
came in and played and has number 32 in the back of his uh, jersey for, um, I think, Puck, we can uh, imagine our patriotic reasons played very well as well. But this is different level, completely different level. Um, so if Shamrock Rovers perform and play a reasonable team... Is he, is he, are you sure he's wearing the 32 for patriotic reasons? I believe so. He's a, he's an Ireland nationalist. He's an Ireland, I spoke mm. to um, Conor Kearns, our goalkeeper, after the game, mad into politics. So very, very diverse goal, United back five, not to mind the uh, dressing room. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Mm. Do you remember back in the day you would have had the uh, your website, I think you had a no to British football or English football or something on the thing. It was a different Rab- time. Ra- rabidly um, anti-English type website, different times, yeah. You, you were, ra- were radicalised at the time, but you, you sort of you sort of snapped out of it subsequently, you know. Um, and Friday we've got Athlone Town against Waterford. Waterford are under, they're certainly on the improve. Um, I suppose relegation, avoid relegation is their priority. Some pats against Bray. We'll talk at the end about maybe any ties that stand out. UCD, Shelburne, Wexford, Cavantili, Minute uh, versus Malahide. It's also Friday. Kevin's boys, some Kevin's men, as they should really be called, against Kilnamana. And then we've got Shamrock Rovers v Galway United. That's uh, July 23rd. They're the games. Saturday, draw the Derry Saturday afternoon, tie it around. We'll discuss that in a minute. Fairview Rangers, Finn Harps, 4 p.m. And then Longford Town against Banger. Uh, Bangor Greenhills that is at 7.30 and then on Sunday uh, Colester v Usher Celtic 11am in Haddon Park uh, it reminds me of the story of um, wasn't there a story a while back about some betting scam where uh, someone went into a went into a betting shop to back on a, a game that had already taken place was it? No, on the basis of the 2.30 kickoff and got their <laughs> bet on even though the, the, the game had taken place at 11am that morning and um, well, this game it will take place at 11 a.m. Uh, we, we are assured. Um, no suggestion that any players in that game would have been involved in that. I don't even know who that was involved. It might even be an urban myth. Who knows? Uh, Crumley United. I think it was against... true, all right. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, most of them are. Crumley United against the Mockers. That's 2 p.m. Liffey Wanderers, Cove Ramblers in the UCD Bowl at 2 p.m. Uh, double helping for UCD Bowl enthusiasts. And then Treaty United, Dundalk. It's an interesting one in the Marcus Field, 2 p.m. Dundalk in the middle of two European ties. Uh, College Corinthians, managed by Joe Gamble, I believe, against Bowes. It's 3 p.m. in Turner's Cross and then Sligo Rovers, Cork City. That's 5 p.m. in the showgrounds. On Cork we'll City. Actually start, let's start at the end. Yeah, let's start at the end of Cork City. Because last Friday night, um, I was uh, doing some uh, domestic chores in the house. And uh, as what you do, I wasn't in the game. Ah, listen, I you know washing bottles for uh, people with small children will know like washing and sterilizing bottles is a big part of your in the first year. So I've become proficient in the area of uh, sterilization. And uh, the the so I wasn't at a game on Friday night. I was I was watching the Jerry Rovers game. So I was just sort of doing the, the, the nightly sort of wash up. I saw I'd been tagged in some post on on Twitter by uh, three amigos, a Cork City podcast, which said they the were other going three live. Amigos. They were the other three amigos. They were going live. So I sort of clicked into it. It's actually pretty impressive. Like the uh, it's a post match um like a post match service where it's like a sort of a semi phone in thing where yeah. people all lo- log into Twitter and they. Um, you know, they, they can turn on their microphone and offer their views. And it's also like, like, like sort of the 909 thing or whatever, the 606 on Radio 5. But but one of the, the fans or one of the hosts was detailing a, a quite fraught post-match exchange with Colin Healy, where they were, you know, talking to Colin Healy and asking, like, saying he almost, was he okay? I don't, I want to paraphrase it and not get it wrong. But they, they draw a nil all the way to Wexford, albeit down to 10 men. This is like rock bottom stuff. And even just like the passion and listening to the, the volume of people that were even in the call and, and were tuned into this. And yet you're talking about people like 
analyzing the dregs like a game down the bottom of the first division where Cork can't get a win against Wexford and you're thinking this is a surreal level of rock bottom I mean it's and like a lot of those Cork players are still full-time this year as well aren't they so it's it's actually really really sad in my opinion I, I and there's obviously a, a there's a story and, and what you're seeing now is that the thing where I think Stephen Beattie was engaged in a bit of verbals with fans according to this podcast I, I didn't see it in my own eyes or some discussions and obviously for the club legends like Healy and Beatty, who've been there through like great times, and yet they're the, they're now the spokespeople during this difficult time. And that can be very difficult for people. Like you look at the Dundalk situation now, and if things go bad, the people that are left that are there from the, the golden area, that they have to be careful about not ending up being the spokespeople for this decline. And like and that's the thing with Cork that it's it's like it's you know seeing Healy in that position, it's 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 pretty sad. Like you know, and and I don't know. Like you're seeing more of them than me this year, but. It seems particularly grim where they're at. I mean, you look at Sligo Rovers, Cork City on the page, and you think that's a that's a good tie. I heard Ruby Walsh doing the draw, going, "Oh, that's a good tie." Because people who've tuned out of football or don't follow it here would think, "Oh, that's a great tie." They don't realise that like this is a complete should be a complete one way traffic result. You know, it should be Sligo Rovers win. Yeah, it it, it is uh, it is sad like to notice the kind of indifference as well down there. They've been so fractured off the pitch, um, and and it's one of the, you know, you look at Bowes, the success they've had as a as a kind of a member's own club. Um, Cork City's story has been absolutely fraught with difficulty, with tension, with um, I would argue some ineptitude as well in terms of the management of the budget and all that. But um, I, that's from the outside looking in. It's it's desperately sad to see what's happened. And then you look down at Treaty, who played Dundalk. And I would argue that Dundalk will go their treaties, extremely physical team. Um, they've gotten big results. They've actually gotten, Shells haven't beaten them in either start this season, which is interesting. So Dundalk, I think, will will definitely worry about that. Having seen Bray against uh, Go United, Pat shouldn't have any problems against Bray. Obviously, they might Bray might be a bit better against kind of more football in opposition, but I, I think Pat should do the job there. Draw the Derry is very interesting because I would hope that like this, this crack of like playing your second team in the this crack in the FA Cup in England, where they've sort of treated it as a secondary competition, and you have these teams in mid table making wholesale changes. I think it's the greatest load of bollocks ever. You should be trying to win the competition, and I hope and think that Derry and Dundalk will, or sorry, Derry Drada will believe that they can win the cup this season, or certainly could give their fans a day out in the Aviva Stadium. They could go a long way with a favourable draw. So I hope and I think that will be a good game between two good football sides as well, who are not far off each other in the table. Oh yeah, listen, I think we had a spell in this league a while back where, where clubs were going a bit that way with the cup and obviously the stronger sides against lower division opposition can afford to do it. But no, I, listen, I, I don't think you're going to see that. Um, like you might have the odd situation. I don't know if that's the case in this game. You might have the odd tie where like, you know, a sub keeper has been promised games in the cup as part of signing yeah. for a club. And you might have a small bit of that, you know, in this. But I think generally um, you, you, will, you will see strong teams because listen, I think, there's a route to Europe there. You know, that's the thing. So I think that, that that's the difference. And Europe is everything. And I think particularly since the FA Cup final has moved to the Aviva, I think we've seen less of that, I have to say. And I know the players love it. Like the players, yeah, the players would yeah. love the idea of getting to the Aviva. Like they, they, it was just such a different atmosphere at the game the other night. Like you could tell both fans coming out were looking around as if like, you know, a lot of them haven't played there before. And it was just such a buzz for them. Oh, no, exactly. No, listen, you... I think, you know, Premier clubs playing first division and non-league teams will definitely rotate and hope that that's enough to get through. I mean, like, I think the Dundalk Treaty is a tricky one, um, but, like, the Dundalk still have the squad there and they have the guys coming back from their COVID absence who might need minutes. So if you bring in, say, Murray and Dunnigan, and I don't know what the story is with Hooban, say, for example, 
if you're not exactly weakening your side. Yeah. Um, so, but look, I know I, I think the cup is, is so important now, and you know it, it's 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 the biggest game in the calendar. So now that the draw to Derry is a, is a nightmare draw for both of them, because I think both have the capacity um, to to go reasonably far. Although obviously I think Derry, there's no doubt they need to strengthen, and, and clearly their desperation to get McElhenney in is. Is, is such you know that they, they, need, they need that because they lost they were tunnel up and they weren't even able to manage the situation I think no matter no matter how strong the opposition is I think if you're a decent side that's tunnel up you can manage that situation a bit better than than, than Derry did so that that shows the road they have to travel but we'll see like the, 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 the draw was a bit weird with so many like with what four all non-league ties yeah. which means that in the next in the next round like you're going to have you know, representatives from sort of the, the junior football field, um, you know, in there. So that'll be that'll be good. Or maybe it's maybe it's a three, maybe all all non ties. But still, you're going to have representatives. No, actually, yeah, it is four. Sorry. So like, you're going to have representatives. So in that a, qu- sphere. a quarter of but the team. It's also going to mean in the last sixteen. Yeah, in the round of But but it also means as well. And listen, it's very hard for those clubs because they're they they've been at football for a year. Some of those sides, mm. like you've seen clubs like strong clubs fold and merge and stuff so the chances of them really being able to execute a shocker are are almost nil you would say when it comes to like playing against good premier sides and as a result it means that some teams are going to get you know could have nice runs you know through the competition and then that that that's the thing so it doesn't take much for like a premier division side to suddenly find themselves in the quarterfinals of the cup and it becomes a very real possibility. Well, just know, as a, as a Galway United game, fan, so. like it, it, it was very sickening. Like, because you know, as I've, I've mentioned this before, they've never won anything since I've started sport. We've got to a cup semi final once or twice, but like you'd never know. As you say, if, if Galway United had gotten a nice draw and then the next round, you know, you could get a non league team drawn away to Shamrock Rovers, it is fairly demoralizing because like this team is good enough to, to win a few games in the competition. And anyway, it's a look at the draw, but uh, no, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to a trip to tell at the same time. Hopefully, um, hopefully they give a good account of themselves. Yeah, well, listen, I'll see you there. I'll be in Tala Thursday for Dundalkin, and obviously next week there's eight thousand at the Aviva for uh, for for Bows and Doodland. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will be getting tickets. That will sell out, no problem, I would say. Um, so yeah, listen, let's hope for a good weekend of a uh, European Cup action, and we'll be back to reflect on it all next week. Yeah, the the rendition of "Hold Me Now" at the Aviva. It was just it was, there was so much emotion. Johnny Logan. Um, then the old triangle obviously in that and uh, yeah yeah it was I'd say you'll enjoy being back there next week actually I will listen that was that was the end of the show there Johnny people might notice my tone was more end of the show but uh, you're listen, rushing we to get to your five aside which is still a five aside I'd imagine no it's, it's, it's now a six aside <laughs> so I may I, I may survive for next week so listen an let's, extra pep let's leave step. it there that was in association yeah, with futureticking.e and next week we're on to episode 20 of LOI Central we'll talk to you then.